Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, the podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and today we it's not maybe as bite-sized a, a podcast. It's a little bit longer, as you might have noticed, uh, because today we're sampling a, a little bit of City on a Hill's podcast. We talked in a recent episode with Father Andy Mattingly, the head of City on a Hill, which is a Catholic young adults program uh, in the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph. And they have a podcast in themselves. And so they agreed to allow us to share a section of their podcast on ours. So if you'd like to listen to more, you can check out their City on a Hill podcast. In the meantime, enjoy. Welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. City on a Hill is the young adult Catholic ministry in Kansas City. Our mission is to be the community that inspires and forms our generation to be saints. We hope that this episode can offer some inspiration to your life as well as give you a glimpse into our community. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the City on a Hill podcast. City on a Hill is a Catholic young adult ministry located in the greater Kansas City metro area. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I'm the director Happy to be with all of you today for our first ever episode. Uh, With me today is our assistant director, Dane Finney, and our guest, Andrew Marquez, who serves on our core team for City on a Hill. We had some great banter going in our first recording, (laughs) but uh, unfortunately, it wasn't actually recording, and so (laughs) here we are. And uh, to make it up to Andrew, who told such a beautiful story about his life, had to break out the whiskey. And uh, so here we are for our our second go around, and hopefully this one records. Um, But it was uh, all part of the plan. All part of the plan. That's right. We got to get got to get the people that are sharing their testimony a little liquored up, so they uh, give us more juicy details. You know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to introduce yourselves i guess i kind of already did yeah yeah um my name's dane finney and as father said i'm associate director with city on a hill and um to your surprise if you've not met me the name dane uh you might be expecting a man's voice but i'm actually a girl um it's spelled (laughs) d-a-i-n uh my folks surprised the nurses in the hospital too so the joy seal keeps going 30 years later um but yeah i'm really excited to be here it's it's really nice just to have a have an opportunity to to actually hear the stories of the people uh, that that live mission in Kansas City, and it's something that you got to carve out time to do this. And Andrew, really appreciate you joining us. And it's a it's a Friday night, and we just get yeah. to hear stories. It's it's really it's really an honor and a really big gift. And uh, let's just hope that the technical equipment cooperates around <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> but what about you, Andrew? Yeah, so Andrew Marquez, uh, as Father said, part of the core team. Um, been part of City on the Hill since I moved back a couple of years ago. Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been an amazing community to be a part of and just humbled that, um, that I can be here with you guys today. And just for our listeners, our goal with this podcast is really just to, uh, you know, there's there's nothing, almost nothing more inspiring than hearing people's stories of faith, just kind of how the Lord has worked in, in a particular person's life. And uh, I've been in charge of City on Hill for four years and I've just met so many incredible people with great stories that I figured it'd be great to share those, you know, in a, in a larger context and to allow 
all of us to be inspired a little bit and challenged, hopefully, and encouraged to uh, just try and keep uh, deepening our, our prayer, deepening our, our pursuit of virtue, deepening our efforts to bring Christ to the world. Um, so I'm particularly anxious to hear sort of what you might call the second part of this podcast, which is just learning uh, learning about how people are being witnesses uh, in their life currently, in addition to their story of kind of how they got here. But um, and Father, I think just to dispel any for the for the listeners, there's just to dispel any competition. It's been interesting as I've approached a couple of individuals to be on the show with us or the podcast with us. What do we call that? A podcast? What Whatever. Yeah. Either. The show. It's not yeah. like we're on the view. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> a little different content, but <laughs> yeah. just to to ask them, and it's amazing the response to say, like, I, I don't have a story to share, hmm. and just. In the name of Jesus, I announce that. I mean, if you if you've met him, you've met him, and your life changes. And um, it's not about the theatrics. It's not about the content of the before necessarily. It's really um, sainthood is kind of kind of vague in the typical typical person's mind. Mm-hmm. And if we have if we have particular ways by which someone else is pursuing that, it's it's really enlightening. Uh, so really, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And hopefully, each show's just as enjoyable you know um but we're really really grateful you said yes to to kicking us off andrew nothing like redoing it right after you just did it. <laughs> yeah 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 I'll, I'll slip you an extra bottle when you leave for uh <laughs> next friday for, night. for a second go around yeah. but uh yeah let's get rolling so i don't want to uh give too much of a wordy question just just tell us your story man your walk with the lord yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm from, from here, from Kansas city, um, grew up here just, uh, in Prairie village area, grew up in a, in a Catholic home. My mom's from Mexico city. Uh, she was raised Catholic. My dad was, is from, uh, Topeka. You know, he was raised in a Catholic home as well. Um, but, uh, growing up by all accounts, I mean, my mom did an amazing job forming us in the faith. We were, you would go to fam. We would go to mass on Sundays as a family. You know, every morning we'd pray before we went to school. Every night, you know, pray before we went to school or when we, you know, before we went to bed. Um, and my mom was just super intentional. I think with forming our conscience, and in yeah. So you know, regular confession, and um, you know, I think like most folks, may maybe not like most folks, uh, <laughs> but so I, I guess I'll start with I went to public school. And I get to high school and about sophomore year, I think the wheels started to kind of fall off the tracks uh, in the sense and just, you know, I started, you know, going out, um, really good friends that I had, uh, but, you know, we were all kind of in that, in that circle. So, um, and I'd say when, once I got to K, so then I went to K-State and once I got to Manhattan, uh, I think the moral compass is when I think it started to slip. And when I got to K-State, I knew where I wanted to go, but it was all from a like worldly perspective. So like I knew I wanted to go into corporate and um, I knew what kind of job I wanted. And so from a um, like from on the surface, it looked like I had, you know, my life together. Um, But I think, it was becoming very evident that inside uh, there was something missing. So I would go to St. Isidore's, which is the Catholic church there on campus. And 
Uh, I would go every Sunday, but I wasn't taking communion. Um, I end up, you know, graduating. I take a job in Philadelphia. So I move out to Philly. And really, if there was a moral compass left by the time I left Manhattan, it had evaporated within the first few months of living in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, and it really culminated after probably two years, three years of living there. Uh, I remember that it was a Sunday night and I would always get anxiety on Sundays because I would, I would be traveling the next day and I wasn't, yeah, I just, it would just give me kind of this anxiety. Uh, and I remember this Sunday was different. Um, so I'm packing my bags, I'm in my room and for whatever reason, I just started feeling like this fear and it was different than what I had felt on other Sundays. Um, this one was basically, what if all the things that I have been giving into that, like that instant gratification no longer satisfied me, like even in the moment, uh, what if there was just no happiness coming from, from that at all? And it was extremely frightening um, because at that point I was like, well, then where, where am I ever going to be happy? Um, and so I started panicking and it was like one of those where you don't know if you should sit or if you should go out and run or if you should eat or if you should try to fall asleep. Like you just <laughs> don't really know where to go. And so I, I have a really good relationship with my mom um, and I've always been pretty open with her, but. I, I called her that Sunday evening and I said, all right, mom, like I got to, I got to kind of just give you the, the lowdown on like how I've been living. And, um, and so I just was very honest with her. And at the end, um, she was like, uh, she basically just said, Vete a confesar mi niño, which translates to, uh, son, want to, you know, go to confession. And so, uh, at that point, um, I was willing to do anything. And mm -hmm. so I went to, conf I, I lived basically two blocks from the Basilica there. So I walked over, luckily they had confession that night before mass. Um, I was always going to mass. So like I never stopped going just because I think that I always knew and I always believed in God. Uh, I was just, just not living, not living that life. Uh, and so I, I walk into church, I line up for the confessional, um, I wasn't even really that like panicked, um, of what I was going to share because I was just so out of options. Hmm. Um, I was just so broken. And, uh, I remember that was, I mean, I guess that was the first time I had gone to confession in probably seven years. Um, I had gone once before that. Uh, it was just so that I could take the Eucharist for my sister's wedding. Um, but I didn't really, um, it really wasn't coming from the heart. Um, and so shortly after that confession, I, I had to get some, some air. And I remember I walked outside and I just started crying. Uh, I just felt like I had this weight that was just lifted off of me. And I knew at that moment that for sure that like God absolutely exists. Like this feeling of being forgiven for all this junk over seven years, like I felt it. I felt the removal of that weight. And 
I took communion for the first time in seven years. I mean, the only other time was that that time for my sister's wedding, but I, I clearly wasn't, um, you know, in a in a place in which I even really knew what I was uh, receiving, and um, and so yeah, I mean, the story kind of goes on from there. But uh, that's that's kind of um, through God's grace and my mom's prayers, and I'm sure my grandma's prayers and <laughs> countless other people's prayers uh, that I was that I was led back to uh, Jesus. Hmm. Dude, that's awesome. That's a, that's one of those powerful, like, you know, dark to light <laughs> kind of stories. Um, but when was that? When was that confession in Philly? Yeah, it would have been like 2012. Okay. Okay. So about eight years ago. Yeah. And so tell, tell us about like, I mean, obviously a lot's happened in the last eight years too. I mean, what, what happened like the week after yeah. that? I mean, did, did all, your, <laughs> yeah. all your fear and anxiety go uh, away and you started going to daily mass and, and you immediately like grew to like the deepest levels of prayer. Like what's, uh, Absolutely yeah. not. no, 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 no. I'm, yeah. I'm still like trying to get my foot up to the, like the first step. Uh, it feels mm. like, but, uh, no, I, um, you know, I, after that time, I, I knew that I couldn't keep on living the way mm. I was living but you can't just like, at least I couldn't just flip a switch. Like I had, you know, habits. Mm-hmm. I had uh, brokenness. I had, um, I mean, all sorts of just like disordered views. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really, I think what I will say, like what really kind of got me moving in the right direction was I came across a young adult group at a small little tiny parish called Old St. Joseph's. Hmm. And uh and I came across these 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 young adults and I remember I went to the first thing and it was like a it was the first time I had ever gone to something like Catholic that I wasn't <laughs> like mandated huh. by my mom to go to. Yeah. Uh and so I went on my own kind of you know just decision and it was at a bar um and uh, the bar was called, uh, what was it? It was like the South Philly Irish bar, like dive bar. Uh, O'Neill's. I think it was O'Neill's. Don't uh, get more Catholic than that, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I went and I remember leaving and just being like, man, like I can be Catholic and I can still go to a bar. Like, and there's like, they're normal. Like they're just like, they're normal people. It's amazing. And uh, it changed my like view. Like I no longer viewed viewed like religion like through my kind of through my grandma's hmm. lens of, you know, how I saw her in, in Mexico hmm. City. Um, I was like, I, I, I want this. And so, you know, over the course of um, those years, uh, you know, that's kind of what started pushing me to want to grow. Uh, I think by the time that I left Philly, maybe three years ago, uh, almost four years ago, maybe, um, I had started kind of going to more regular mass and, um, you know, a spiritual director and those sorts of things. But, uh, I would say that I still had a lot of, um, you know, like kind of, uh, I still wasn't living like a super holy life. Um, I was going to regular confession for like, really like the same stuff. And, um, it wasn't until I think maybe more recently that, um, maybe I had like a second kind of reckoning. Like, I feel like my first hmm. one was just kind of this like, like just triage. Like yeah. <laughs> I've been blown to bits and like I just yeah. need to be like stop the bleeding type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, 
And so it's just been like this journey uh, up until kind of maybe an, another maybe like mini second kind of reckoning that I've had, you know, somewhat within the last maybe year or two. Uh, but yeah, so it's kind of a long winded answer to no, it did not, it did not change overnight. <laughs> you didn't become a saint the next day. No. <laughs> so you're human. Yeah. I'm, my curiosity's peaked. Can we hear that second reckoning? Yeah. Um, so I, I moved to Philly for, for this consulting gig and, uh, I, by all accounts, like it was, it was a great job and, um, like it gave me what I was looking for, but it was, it, but it was gave me what I was looking for, but like from a worldly perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know how that like story went and where it left me. Um, and I'm not saying that that was just because of my job. No, but, um, I, I think that was probably part of it, um, that I had put so much trust and faith in my career and like everything that came from that, that I really didn't leave any sort of room or time for God. Um, and, uh, maybe after six years of working for this firm out there, I decided that I wanted to pursue starting my own company. So I, I was extremely naive and way overconfident. (laughs) Uh, and so I quit my job and I went to start this company, moved back to Kansas city, had to save some money. Um, so I moved back home and so keep in mind, like you're moving back home. So like someone that had essentially like viewed their identity through like their job was moving back home and like with your parents. Yeah. With my parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. With my parents. And that was like a, sh- like a massive shot to like, you know, my pride. Um, and I didn't, and I, and I initially thought, well, this is just going to be like short lived and no, like. I'm still there, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I finally, after th- three years hit a wall, I remember I was like doing like a sales pitch and I was like leaving and I just like looked at like my business partner and I was just like, dude, I'm done. Like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like in hmm. the pitch, like I was just mentally checked out. Uh, and I just knew that like, okay, hey, like I gotta, I gotta do something else. But through that time, I will say is like, I wonder, I'm like, did I do something wrong by like leaving my job? And like that, that, that job that like, did I do something wrong? But really, I felt like the last three, I mean, still now I would say to to degree was like a purging of like all these attachments (laughs) um, and all this kind of like disordered views that I had. So like. Again, going back to the first one, it was like a triage. It's like, you got to change your way of life. Okay, so you start to make some corrections there. But I didn't even really, I wasn't really aware of like the, my brokenness inside <laughs> um, or like all the disordered attachments I had. And so it wasn't really within the last the last, last three years that like a lot of that came. I mean, when you're stripped of everything and your pride and you realize that like you can be just as happy living at, at home with your parents but you have something like greater that you're living for and really like, why do I need all this other stuff? Hmm. Um, I mean, certainly like, hmm. you know, since then I've, I've gotten a job and, you know, eventually I'm gonna have to provide if, if that is my, if that is my vocation for, you know, my family, but uh, it certainly doesn't 
need to be my, you know, my, my all, like my only aim in life. Um, and so, yeah, it was just kind of that, like that desert of, you know, you have nothing now. And mm. Like you got to live in that. Mm. Yeah. Asking more about this company that you started. Um, I remember we, I mean, we've talked about this before and, um, maybe tell us a little bit about maybe the humility involved and in sort of investing so much of yourself sure. into this thing and then coming to, to a realization of like, this isn't going to work. And yeah. I've spent my life on this for three years. And, you know, I could imagine someone in that situation becoming extremely discouraged, um, that, you know, did I just waste <laughs> three years of my life? Yeah. Kind of like you were alluding to, but yeah, maybe t take us through a little bit of like, how that helped you to grow or like how you came through that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's, it's God's grace. Um, you know, looking back when you're in it and you're just trying to get something to scale and you're just getting, you know, you're to grow. You're just moving like a hundred miles an hour. You don't really have a playbook. And so you're not really stopping to think that all often. Um, you're just like, you know, and you're a small team and, um, uh, you know, it wasn't until probably, um, that day that I felt like there was peace in moving. Like I just felt that peace, like, mm. like moving to the next chapter, like, mm. uh, and I made that decision. And to be honest, like it after that conversation, it was like this influx of just hope that mm. came into my life. Mm. Um, and so it was tumultuous during the time yeah. of like living it. Yeah. But the actual decision, like it was just grace that I feel mm. like God provided. Mm. Um, and, and just kind of this like, okay, like I'm, I'm ready for the next chapter. And mm. I don't think that, you know, had that happened, seven you know seven years prior to that there's no way i would have been able to like react in the same sort of way hmm. um but i think it was just you know my faith in that um in god's grace that like he has a he has a plan um and so just trying to maybe focus on that yeah that's interesting that that speaks volumes first of all just to the grace that god gave you but i could see myself like if i uh <laughs> sort of take on a project that consumes my whole life for three years and then it doesn't pan out, you know? Yeah. Um, just being like, well, that sucks. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And just sort of, yeah. just sort of really, um, re really taking it hard. But, yeah. uh, it sounds like the Lord provided for you there. Yeah. To and he really, he really did. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a hard, it was a really hard three years. I mean, like you, you cut back on all your spending. Uh, and you know, again, like you're living at home yeah. and like, I'll be, I'll be really real. Like I was taking the bus like everywhere, walking all over town. Cause wow. in Philly, like you don't need a car. You're yeah. taking public transportation, um, cabs, you know, it's Uber or whatever. And so I get back to Kansas City. I don't have a car. Yeah. And like, I'm like literally waiting at bus stops, just trying to move around. And 
there were times where like, yeah, it's frustrating and you're getting like rained on. And you're like, this is my life. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? And it's snowing and it's like bitter cold. Yeah. And yeah, it was tough. So like, I think by the end of that, I was just, I was just like, all right, like God, like this doesn't, this isn't working anymore. And he was mm. more than like loving just to like reach out his hand and say like, yeah, I know. And like, he, he mm. probably told me that two years before that. And I just didn't <laughs> want to listen. Um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. That's great, man. How would you say like since that transition, which you said was a year or two ago? Uh, about a year ago. A year ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just in the last year, like um, where's the Lord brought you? How are you um, striving to, you know, be a light in a very, because you work at a consulting firm yeah. and, I, and I imagine like most secular jobs, you're probably uh, one in a thousand in terms of a, a committed Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a company <laughs> like that. Maybe the odds aren't that bad, but <laughs> um, how do you, like in the workplace and just, yeah, among friends and, and other people, like um, how are you striving to to be a light and a witness? and yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, you know, like I really, there's so many amazing examples of, of people like within the city on the hill community that are, are, there's like probably, I mean, I, I could, I could list off many people, but like, there's probably like three or four guys specifically that come to mind right now that when I think of the way they live, hmm. um, I want to like emulate that. Like hmm. I want to be like them hmm. and the way they carry themselves, uh, the way they like evangelize. Hmm. Um, and a lot of it is just their like, just the joy that they bring hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to just kind of mirror them. Um, not to say that like I need to change my personality, right? Like I am who I am and God gave me certain gifts and, um, but there's definitely a lot that I've been able to learn from like from this community in terms of like how people carry themselves. Hmm. Um, you know, I think the other thing too, that has been, has been great is, uh, just the, I guess, the, I don't know if like what the like term is father for this, but like the knowledge that we've like received through, um, the different refreshes, uh, or the, you know, the different, um, like conversations I've had with folks, whether that's with you, um, or with other people, you know, mm-hmm. school of faith. And, um, it, it gives you the confidence that you can have those conversations. Mm. Um, and you might not always, uh, answer correctly or like have the Bible verse ready, you know, but like, it at least gives you the confidence that like, uh, that like you can have, you can have those conversations, um, uh, you know, in, in my job, I, I try to do like a couple things. Like one, um, I have a water bottle that has a sticker of like father Capen. Nice. And so I like try to keep that visible. Um, or I'll like leave my rosary out just like next to my like, uh, you know, computer. Um, you know, just recently before we all went on this like quarantine, everyone was talking about like what the government could do to like prevent this. Hmm. And I remember, uh, telling my 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 boss uh my consulting boss like not the client like yeah i think all we need is prayer and <laughs> he looked at me like what <laughs> yeah like we 
we're so limited in our capacity of what we can actually do here. Like the only thing that's going to turn this thing around is prayer. Uh, and you know, I'm not sure the last time he, or it seemed like he was like, I was like from a different like planet. <laughs> the fact that I would even yeah. like say that. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and yeah, I, I'm proud to be a Catholic and I think we have so much to be, uh, to, to share. And, um, yeah, like I said, I just, I look at other guys, you know, mainly that, uh, that have just taught me, taught me ways to, to do that in like a humble, humble way. Yeah. I'm curious, how did, how did someone, uh, you can use their name or not, but how did someone earn your trust to, to have those sorts of conversations with you? Because, because it's true, you have to learn how to have those conversations. They don't just mystically happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they take courage and they take practice. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, um, there were a lot of little instances that you either saw it demonstrated mm-hmm. or that you were just living friendship with somebody yeah. for yeah. you to have the courage to say to your boss, it's prayer. Yeah. Uh, and that shouldn't feel so risky in our world, but it is. Right. It yeah, is. And like, exactly affirm right. that. I want to affirm that courage because that's, that's not the normal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I tell my boss, right? Who's sitting across from me that's a priest, right? But I think you're pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See? <laughs> but how can yeah. you let us into one of those examples, maybe? Yeah, sure. I think it's just being vulnerable. <laughs> like, I think it all starts with like vulnerability. Uh, I think the more vulnerable you can be, the more real you can be, mm. the more like relatable you are. Yeah. Right? Like we all go through stuff. Like I'm one guy here that's sharing this story, but we all have a story. We all have difficult things that we've gone through. Um, everyone here that's listening has gone through something, you know, and every story is different and it's unique, but it always like will pack a punch. And <laughs> if you, if you, if you're willing to like, open your open open yourself up um and i think when you do people kind of are like you know this world we're not really like especially with social media today mm-hmm. we don't really want to share like the dirty like ugly parts of our lives yeah right but like that's where people like can relate because everyone's got mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um and so yeah i think it's just trying to be real you know and 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 sharing like that like hey this this is this is where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have it all figured out. I still mm-hmm. don't have it all figured out. But like, I know the compass. Yeah. And like, the compass is like Jesus, and like that's where you start. And um, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's simple. That's great. What would you say? Like, currently, like gives you the the most joy on a daily basis. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Walk, walk us through maybe your sort of like daily efforts to like draw draw joy from from the mm-hmm. lord and what does that look like yeah that's yeah it's a good question like you know like during this quarantine i feel like the one thing that i like really have grown to love are walks mm-hmm. nice and you know i i like to go and run but when i'm running i'm i'm going with the purpose of like running and i'm like timing myself and like yeah. even though i have no business doing that because i'm not a great runner but uh, I still do it. And, but like on my walks, it's like the time that I can like, I can just kind of like be, and I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily have to be checking anything. And I can like, just look and like, look at the little things that I would maybe miss um, anytime else. Like if I'm driving, like I might not notice the trees I'm driving. I might not be looking at the clouds. 
Um, or I, yeah. I probably shouldn't be when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, the only place yeah, I look when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, you know, like I think on these walks, it's like I, I can kind of just be, I can be present. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I found a lot of joy there and it's something I want to continue to do. Mm. Um, and I think the other place, uh, I mean, Whiskey. Honestly, I hate to. <laughs> whiskey. Right? I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, and I promise no one told me to say this. Mike's Rosaries. I look forward to that. Nice. Um, ever since he started the daily, uh, not the daily, but the live streams yeah. on like Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, I tune in with my family and nice. we do the live stream. And then because it's 730, then we're like, well, we should just do 730 for on the other off nights. And I look forward to that. Um, because I come away feeling like it's just like this. Every time I go into it, it's like a moment, an opportunity where I can be like more introspective. Mm. And mm. his meditations uh, are great. And they've like, I feel like, you know, whatever chaotic day I've had, um, I know that like at 730, when I enter in that time of the rosary, like that's what's important, you know, not those stuff at work and not um, all these other like kind of like noises in me, like my, me and the father, we've talked about like my uh, incessant checking of the news. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it, it <laughs> like going into that time of like prayer at seven thirty, it's just like, all right, like this is, you know, we can be with like our mother and like, I can like introspect and, mm. and yeah. So I think those two ways. That's great, man. That's great. Well, dude, thanks for coming on the show with us, the show, the podcast, whatever, whatever we're going to refer to this as. <laughs> um, yeah, this has been great. Yeah, it's thank been, you. It's been great to have you. And uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be seeing you around soon. But sure. uh, I don't know if you want to leave us with any words of wisdom. The oh, initial, man. In, initial list, there's the very first episode. <laughs> See, like the floor is yours to, to make an impact. You know, I'm, I'm part of a band of uh, brothers group and usually like we take turns of like who's gonna like uh who's gonna say you know the closing prayer yeah and i'm always hoping i usually like look down or no ghost kind of thing yeah like i, I don't want to be that that person because I'm, I'm i feel like i'm horrible at it and then like someone else goes i'm like wow that was amazing how do you do that <laughs> um, but so like I, I i don't know if i'll be able to like end with a prayer but like i guess my final thoughts on like just like all like looking mm. back it was like kind of thinking about this you know coming here like what like what's like the the big mm. like kind of like takeaway if i could sum up like just like my journey in like a few sentences what would it be and i just think that like regardless of of how you've lived mm. regardless of the decisions that you've made god provides like god provides you grace and mercy to like turn that around Mm. and it doesn't just like automatically like just change the day that like you decide but if you continue to go back to him and i and i and it's a daily battle right like for free like for me to like continue to go back but i know that like there is no greater journey than following christ like you set aside all the distractions and the lusters of the world and it just like leaves you empty. And so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, and, and, and I guess the last thing too is 
share your story and be vulnerable mm-hmm. because everyone's got a story and everyone could be here in the seat sharing their story. And, um, you'd be surprised at like how, uh, how moving, uh, you know, your story can be. So don't be afraid. Dude, not only was that awesome, I think you also coined a sweet new word automatically. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't wait to start using that. Uh, Use it. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> thanks for the permission. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. Well, th- thanks again, Andrew, for coming on. It's been been great having you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Pioneer. Pioneer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Good. Well, we wish you all well. That's all for now. We don't have a special jingle to uh, close out the podcast. So yet. The, yet. Maybe we'll develop one if it doesn't cost any money. <laughs> Sayonara. Ciao. today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Consider subscribing to our channel so that you never miss a future episode. And check out our website, kansascityonahill.org, to see more about our organization or to see our calendar of upcoming events. And if City on a Hill has been a gift to you, consider partnering in our mission as a monthly donor. See you next week! Hey everyone, this is Father Conrad again, and uh, you just finished listening to our sampling of the City on the Hill podcast, uh, brought to you from the the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph's Young Adult Ministry. If you'd like to listen to more great Catholic talks, you can find our podcast, Catholic Bites, at catholicbitespodcast.com or on iTunes and Spotify and all those good places. Thank you for listening and God bless you.